Welcome to Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast highlighting those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. I'm your host, Rebel Seclocha, and today I'm sitting down with Dylan Teedy, former bareback rider and family member and partner in Phillips Rodeo Company, a stock contracting business based out of Lexington, Nebraska. Dylan, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. So before we really dig into things, um, I'd love for you to just kind of give us some background on how you got involved in rodeo initially and some of your accomplishments through the years. Um, I was the, I guess in high school, I rode bareback horses, calf roped, team roped. And then the last half of my senior year, I started bulldogging. Um, bareback riding well, was for sure my passion. Like for whatever reason, that's what I gravitated towards. Um, and I wasn't meant to be a bareback rider. I was, in high school, I was 5'10", 190 pounds, and um, easily the biggest guy at every rodeo I went to in, in, in the rough stock. And, um, but I ended up, you know, working hard at it, and I was the 2010 Nebraska High School Rodeo Association bareback riding champion. And then in college, I competed mainly in the bulldogging and bareback riding. Didn't have a lot of great success. I graduated from Dodge City Community College after two years. And went on to Hastings College and had a little success. Um, just decided that school wasn't for me anymore. Came home, got a job, and that's kind of when I stepped away. And then um, when I came back, I was rookie of the year in the Nebraska States Association and the Mid-States Association in 2015. Um, and then in 2016, yeah, 2016, I was the bareback riding champion in the Nebraska States in the Mid-States Association, and then I was also ended up winning the Kansas Pro Rodeo Association, and then that's kind of when I stepped away from being a contestant and kind of tried to help the family out a little more on the contracting side of things, and it's kind of taken off from there. You've obviously proven yourself as a contestant and have truly been in every corner of the arena with your stock contracting experience, and that's why I'm so excited to get your perspective today. But before we get into all of that, I think it's really important for listeners to make the connection of how much rodeo is truly a family affair for you. Your uncle, Tom Phillips, owns Phillips Rodeo Company. Your grandpa's a rodeo judge. Your mom's a timer. Your sister's a rodeo queen. Your wife is a former Miss Rodeo Nebraska. The list truly goes on and on. How special is it for you to share the sport with your family? Oh, it's it's so special. You know, I mean, it's owning a business and being able to run it and make it run with your family. And and we've got the people that, you know, maybe they're not blood, but they're the next closest thing that have helped us, whether they're picket men, bullfighters, other timers, announcers, whatever. Um, it truly means a lot to, I think, all of us, but me especially. So you spent a lot of years as a rodeo contestant, but I would be curious to know how your perspective has changed now that you've spent more time on the stock contracting side of things in terms of rodeo production and making things go smoothly? As a contestant, um, especially in the events that I worked, I was always at the front of the rodeo in the bareback ride or the bulldogging. To me, production never really something I noticed or cared about. As I was competing, I couldn't tell you what they said about me. I couldn't tell you what song played. It wasn't even something I thought about, I guess. And now that I'm... Um, the contract side of things and 
have to care about that sort of thing. Uh, I find that I'm, I'm actually probably more on the impatient side with some people. Definitely want things to go a lot smoother, run off better than I ever thought about as a contestant. Phillips Rodeo Company provides both rough stock animals as well as timed event cattle. What does the preparation process look like before a rodeo? Just like anything, you know, we kind of sit down and go over what we need number-wise per event, or sometimes it's just a handful of calves and a handful of steers, and we might have to take all the horses, and sometimes vice versa. But then usually if we're rodeo on Friday, Saturday, we're, we start sorting usually on Wednesday and kind of getting our pins figured out as far as what calves are going to go and what steers are going to go. Thursday we'll get the horses and everything sorted. And a lot of times, depending on how far we've got to travel, we'll go ahead and take off Thursday too and uh, kind of be there the morning of the rodeo and kind of get everything prepared. Ran across the arena so that they can see the out gate or ran through the bucket chutes. Uh, you know, make, make sure we got the pickup shafts. That's usually, we haven't forgot them yet, but it's usually a last minute thought somebody <laughs> has. You try to, try to remember all those little things. And animals are definitely the number one priority. Stock contractors are obviously in charge of bringing the stock to the rodeo, but what kind of personnel does it take to put on a performance? Like first and foremost, um, committee members for the actual like rodeo committee that hire us to put it on. And we, we work with lots of great committee members all year long. I, I can honestly say I don't know if we've ever came across one that you truly didn't enjoy talking to or you truly didn't enjoy working with. There, there's something special about a committee member that, that it's hard not to appreciate because you know how hard they work. You know how hard they've worked all year long. So it definitely takes takes that committee or that fair board, whatever, whatever they want to call it. After that, you know, obviously bullfighters, it takes two bullfighters, two pickup men. You know, some, some owners will flank their own horses and bulls, some, some won't. We do. Judges, one or two extra guys that go with us just to help uh, kind of keep things running at the rodeo or help load stock or whatever the case is. You know, that's, that's, that's about it. Timers, timers. Don't forget about timers and announcers, I guess. <laughs> your, um, mom will, your mom will yell at you if you forget to give her some credit for timing. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, she <laughs> She let me have it. And then there, I mean, without them, we don't run on, you know, but um, everybody definitely has a role to play. And if, if you're missing one piece of the puzzle, it, it doesn't usually work out real good. You know, obviously people can fill in where help is needed, but there is a very specialized role. And you kind of mentioned this a little bit in the pickup men. Talk about, you know, a pickup man's job and how specialized their skill set is. The guys, we, we're fortunate enough um, to get to hire, to pick up for us at the rodeos. I mean, they're they're just cowboys through and through. They're handy. They can rope. They can ride. It doesn't matter what the task is. They've probably done it or can get it done. Just that that's the biggest thing. Um, handy and, and like understand that you're not out there to show off. You're out there to hopefully not have to save somebody's life, but, you know, to have the, the common sense and knowledge that, that that's a part of your job. So a stock contractor's job goes well beyond just bringing the animals to the rodeo. What do you look for when you are picking out, let's say, rough stock animals? As far as like horses and stuff, you know, we're pretty fortunate when we do go to buy horses. It's usually we get to kind of go pick them out of a group of horses. We don't usually have to go to a sale. That makes it a little easier. And a lot of times they've been to a fair amount of rodeos to where you honestly know what you're buying. I try to kind of look for the horse that is, I like big horses. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, 
there's guys out there that absolutely hate me for it um, around home and, and guys that I rode with. And, and it's purely because I was a big bareback rider, so I needed a big horse. But consistent, just kind of like anything, you want one that's going to last. Definitely. A rough stock animal's ability is definitely influenced by its genetics and demeanor and that sort of thing. But on the time event side, those cattle kind of require a bit of training. What does that process look like? Yeah, so um, breaking in calves, typically in the tie-down roping, what we'll do is obviously we'll go get a set of fresh calves that haven't ever been roped. Then we'll kind of gather some guys up and get an evening that works for everybody. We'll break away rope them once a piece, and then we'll bring them back down and tie a rope to the front of the chute. We call it tying them from the post. You just put the rope around their neck while they're in the chute, tie it to the front of the chute, let them out, turn them around, and let them settle down a little bit on the end of the rope, run down there and uh, flank and tie them and kind of let them lay. and, And then we'll let them up. And as we let them up, somebody a horseback will run behind them and rope them before they get to the back of the arena, step off, tie them down again, a horseback. And then if we have enough guys, we'll bring them right back and just run them through and rope them regular a couple times. And the breakaway calves move on from the tie down roping after they get so big. So they, they really don't get broke in again. Um, and the team roping's pretty similar. We, you know, we, Usually we'll put the head rope on in the chute, depending on how many guys we have helping us. But if it's if it's just a couple of us, we kind of save ourselves that step of missing. And then the bulldogging, we're fortunate enough to have you know started in a, a fairly big bulldogging community here in Nebraska, and and we've always had a lot of young guys and and even some older guys that have sure jumped in and helped. You know, it's not an all day deal. We can kind of go do it in the evening. We'll throw the steers down out of the chute a foot a few times and kind of get them so that they'll take that and then we'll just run them a couple times a horseback kind of walk through and pick which ones were the best in all events you know that's that's pretty well the gist of it it's not rocket science you just don't want to screw them up make sure they're good for the next guy to some this may seem like a lot of steps to get these animals ready but talk about the importance of this prep work in making sure that each contestant has a fair shot It, it just it allows everybody to have you know that if you talk to my grandpa, he's old school and it's luck of the draw. It doesn't matter if that calf can be tied down in, you know, eight seconds or if that calf's just plain simple, a 15 second calf. That's all the faster you're ever going to be on him. He's no good. Grandpa, you know, grandpa says, oh, heck, take him to the rodeo. It's luck of the draw. We try to be a little more fair, my uncle and I, and try to give everybody as even of a set of calves as we can. So each guy has equal opportunity to win that rodeo no matter what calf they draw what steer they draw what horse they draw it's you know levels that playing field and kind of puts the ball in their court so to speak as far as getting money won. there are lots of animal rights groups and outside activists that actively advocate against rodeo and claim even that rodeo is abusive to animals and that they're not well taken care of What would you say to a statement like that, and how important is animal welfare to your operations? There's so many guys out there that truly would do anything for their animals, and us included. Just down to the guys that, you know, they test their feed as far as, like, how much protein's in them and just categorize nutrition on it all. Like, our horses eat better than we do. Like, (laughs) and that's not a joke. I mean, their, their diet... It's so it's, it's geared for an athlete. You know, our horses, they work hard all year long. It's like we do. And you can't tell. I mean, they're not skinny. They're fat. 
they're solid, they're hard, and they're healthy. It's same with our calves, like in steers. It's kind of a joke, but it's probably not. But I'd I'd venture to say that my uncle probably spends more time with his calves and steers, making sure everybody's okay or getting fed or whatever, than he does his own wife. <laughs> like it's we we care so much because it's our living and it's our livelihood, and that's I mean you just that's how you have to be. And and anybody that says a farmer or a rancher or a cowboy or a rodeo stock contractor or anybody in the western world doesn't take care of an animal or doesn't care for animals is 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 crazy in my opinion i mean there's there's so much time and effort that goes into it if you're not passionate about it and and didn't care you wouldn't do it it doesn't make you mad but it it just it makes you feel bad for people that are that ill-informed or or that closed off to to this lifestyle and and it it just makes you feel bad because it's what you love and what you grew up in Phillips Rodeo Company provides stock to both amateur and professional rodeos, but primarily amateur rodeos within the state of Nebraska. From your travels, what have you seen rodeos contribute to a county fair or just to small communities in general? You'll see towns that might only have two, three, four hundred people in it. There'll be thousands of people, you know, whether they're just from close by or they grew up there or whatever. That's there's a lot of those little town rodeos that that's what everybody comes home for. Not that they need a reason, but that's their reason and time that they come see family or they come see friends or whatever. Everybody gets together and goes to the rodeo. It's something anybody can enjoy, whether you're a thrill seeker and you just like watching fast paced, high adrenaline things, whether it's motocross or whatever, like rodeos for you. If you like, if you're, you know, really into horsemanship and you just like watching people that are handy can handle, you know, handle a horse properly or show a horse or anything like that. Rodeos, you know, as a spectator is for you. You know, if you're just looking for entertainment, it, I mean, it's for you. And that's that's truly kind of what you see at a lot of those littler towns that we get to visit is just everybody enjoys it. You know, nobody, you know, they might not come every night, but there's very few people in some of those little towns that don't go at all. I mean, it truly turns into a kind of a celebration. People get cowboys that come back year to year that they almost kind of follow, you know, like a professional football player. But, you know, they just they remember them and they like them or catch on that they're consistent. So that's kind of who they root for or whatever the case may be. But it's, you know, it's kind of special in some of those little towns. It's what people look forward to. You know, it might be the only opportunity people have had to go do something. And and that's been kind of special, too, is is, uh, we were fortunate enough that most of the communities that we service, you know, allowed us to still come put a rodeo on for them. and um, we didn't have to sit down and stay home for a very long period of time. You know, everybody stayed healthy and it was kind of nice. Gave people something to go do. I think that's really neat. And I think that rodeos were probably highlights for many people in 2020 and 2021 because they were one of the only things that kept forging ahead despite, you know, the COVID challenges and things like that. When you stepped away from being a contestant, you also stepped away from the sport for a few years. What led you to come back and what keeps you coming back to your involvement in rodeo? It's kind of cheesy, but you just, yeah. When I, I, like I said, I stepped away for a little while um, and I wasn't competing and I wasn't really helping with the stock at the time. I was young. I wanted to make a little money, had a job that I enjoyed. My summers were boring. Like I didn't have anything to do. Like I, something was missing and I could tell and it, I was already kind of working out and getting back into shape because I was way too overweight to be riding bareback horses for sure. And um, yeah, I just I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta do something. It just, I was, 
I didn't know any different. I didn't, you know, it had been so long since I'd had more than just a weekend here and a weekend there to go do anything, you know, do anything other than rodeo. And it, it was just, it was odd. So I, I, I really missed it and had to come back to it. Like just the friends, the family, just kind of like you were missing a piece of your life, you know, and truly as soon as I started back up there, there it was again, you know, it, it was back. Dylan, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. That was Dylan Teedy, former rodeo contestant and current partner and family member in Phillips Rodeo Company based out of Lexington, Nebraska. As a reminder, new episodes of Breaking the Barrier are available every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is hosted by me, Rebel Seclocha, and is produced by the Rural Radio Network.